0: All right. Marf P. What's up, what's up, man? Welcome to VCTV. Thank you for having me. All right, so uh, well, first, let me tell you how I got introduced to you. Okay. It was about two years ago. I was uh, randomly scrolling through Instagram, mm-hmm. and I ran into uh, a snippet of uh, your Bless My Soul video. I don't know who who page I seen it on. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if it was your page or not. I just happened to see it. And I tapped into uh, your music on iTunes, and mm-hmm. then, uh, I was like, oh. I he actually rapping like he <laughs> Yeah you know what I mean? Like this is dope. So I just kinda stayed stayed up with what you were doing mm-hmm. and then um Shit like now we here. Hey. I right, let's get it going. So uh what's your real name? if you don't feel comfortable saying your real name, how did you come up with the you know the uh, the mu you know like the musical name Marv P.
1: Oh yeah, it's actually my name. So oh. it's it's Marv. My name is Marvin. Marvin. Yeah. I figured that. All right. And P stands for Parker. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it's
1: kind of just like, um I don't know. I just thought it was clever. I don't want to say it was clever. It was just more genuine to use your real name. Okay. I've had other names that I never disclosed, but. I was already asking yeah. <laughs> you you're, you're, you're <laughs> other names. Nah. It was horrible, man. It's like, hard. everybody has like these horrible rap names It's like that you start off with. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. And then you'd be like, man, I'm not about to be known as that my whole life. Mm-hmm. Imagine that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like imagine, well, people like that are in the industry, like blueface. Like, right. You really want to be known by that your whole life?
0: Blueface, he could be thirty or like thirty-five.
1: L- yeah, blueface. like Lil Yachty. Like, yeah. I would just rather my actual name.
0: I think I think Lil Yachty dropped a little, right? Or no?
1: Maybe I don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but like, man. imagine you you, chick, you pick that name and it works, and then you're stuck with it as a like a I mean you could change it but it's a lot of work. It's not many people that actually succeed in changing it. Right.
0: <laughs> trying to think, like who who's had like a crazy round name that changed it?
1: Well young Berg had he like, was Young Bird and then he turned a hitmaker. Maker. Right. His rebranding was crazy. very well. It's crazy. You I'm didn't like, even know it was the same person almost. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't when
0: they was talking about uh you know Hitmaker this, Hitmaker that I said, yo, dude like young Berg like, <laughs> like oh that's the
1: same dude. Yeah. Right. So like it's not many people. Of course you got Diddy he didn't change his a hundred times. Puff, yeah. Love, yeah. It's not. A f- it's very few that succeed at changing it. <laughs> right, right. Uh, how old are you?
0: Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. All right. So I'm. I'm assuming you are from Norfolk, right? Yes. All right. What's your sign? Like zodiac. Zodiac. <laughs> Cancer. Cancer. All right. What's your earliest memory in life that you can remember?
1: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: yeah, a little different.
1: Earliest memory? Well, I mean, the earliest times I remember, I can't remember like an exact memory, but Lafayette Boulevard. That's where I like. That was like one of the first places I lived. So like Lafayette Boulevard in the nineties. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> All right. Let's fast forward to high school. What high school did you go to? No of you. No of you. All right. But that's the the Commodores. Oh no. No, no, no. That's that's more. That's more. Uh, yeah, pilots. Pilots I'm yeah. tripping. All right, pilots. Nobody's you got Grammys. the com- No, 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 no Grammys. the comments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, so what kind of student slash, you know, teenager were you in
1: high school? <laughs> um an interesting one. I was like the kid that's like I was literally in the middle. Like I had mad friends who was popular. I had mad people that just was regulars, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was kinda like this, this guy that just was in the middle. Right. Like you was I cool really, with like all yeah, the Yeah, really rock both. I played football, you know what I'm saying? I was in like chorus and stuff. Back then it was like if you was in chorus and you could sing, then like you know what I'm saying, the girls like you. Yeah. If you play football, you know what I'm saying, you got friends like the popular friends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I did that and ran track. Um so I was I was fairly popular. Um I wasn't like the I don't know, I just wasn't into a lot of dumb stuff, but you know, it comes with the neighborhood. Right. Right. And <laughs> you know, I grew up by Wellington Oaks, um, and that part of my life, um, so Okay. Definitely outside. A lot to get into. Um never never was the type to get in trouble like mm-hmm. getting caught. Yeah, we would do some stuff, but you know what I'm saying? Not getting caught getting doing into too that. much. Right. Yeah, so but just outside type of kid, like. Okay.
0: You say you did a uh, track, right?
1: Yeah, I ran cross country. Really? Mm-hmm. cross country yeah what was your events no cross country so the cross country um, it's like 3.2 per race oh okay okay yeah dang,
0: cross country
1: yeah so <laughs> I did that it's um, so huge in shape yeah I was I was really I was like man I was small I was like 150 like dang yeah and all I mean when you're in Norfolk that's all you got to do is like work out right you, you, you know what I'm saying like you in school you got gym you got you know what I'm saying? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Weightlifting or whatever. Yeah. I mean, probably play a sport. So, you go to practice afterwards. After practice, you go home, mm-hmm. drop the bags off, and you hit the basketball court. Cause that's yeah. where everybody hang out at. Y'all ball till the sun go down. <laughs> you know? So, it's like- you Just repeat. Yeah. Growing repeat. up in office it's like you're very active. I don't- Well, this generation's different. I don't think they're as active, but- No, they be on we, their phones.
0: Yeah. They'd be in the crib playing the game. Yeah.
1: So, we didn't really have- I'm 28, so we I mean, you had phones, but- you weren't, like, on your phone, like, yeah. with social media, we didn't, that wasn't really a huge thing. Okay, okay.
0: Uh, At what point, now you know, all right, so, after graduating high school, right, mm-hmm. paint the picture for me, uh, as a, a newly graduate, <laughs> what were your options, like, career-wise, job-wise, and just ways to support yourself? Oh, yeah, I didn't want
1: to go to college. College was a No. Um, Why? I thought college was a scam.
0: Still, I, I still do, that.
1: do. Still do. Because um, it's like... And I knew I wasn't a school type of kid. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about school. I got good grades because you got to get grades to live in your mama house. You know what I'm saying? Like My mama ain't accept D's and E's. So C's, A's, and B's it was. But um, I knew that I didn't like school when it was free. So... Why would you inter- pay for it? To I wasn't on. interested in paying for it. And then, two, I was just focused on trying to get some money. Like I wanted some money. Like, school didn't make sense to me to like be broke for another four years. So, I was interested in, like, how could I get some money? Okay. You know what I'm saying? That was my situation at the time, too, was just trying to, like, I'm trying to get some money, do what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? I ain't really trying to do no college thing. Yeah. And because it's not promised. Like, yeah, they say it's great. You go to college, you get a degree. But yeah, most people ain't on a full ride, so mm. like you, thousands and thousands of dollars in yeah. debt.
0: So what, like, what was your options though? Like, alright, so you said college was, was no go.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to go to college.
0: Alright, so what, who was your other options in front of you that you was like, I, right, it's either this, 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 or this. Work.
1: Okay. It was work or figure it out, <laughs> and um, you know, just growing up in Norfolk, it's a lot going on around you, so it's a lot you really can get into. Mm-hmm. But if you're just trying to go the legal way, then it So that was my agenda. It's like, I knew enough people taking their routes. You know what I'm saying? I've seen that close hand growing up. Just like, you know, people doing their thing and making their ends meet how they do. Um, and I knew just like, I didn't want that for myself. So I was like, I'll try this legal way out and go get a job and work. All right, what was your first job you got? Uh... Not a crazy one. <laughs> my first job ever <laughs> I was actually like 15, like the moment I was eligible to get a job, okay, I was like, I had a job, because I had um, created a little business when I was a kid, it was like a grass cut business, I had like two neighborhoods on lock, so it was like, I had money flow from like 9, 10 years old, like, That's all right. Yeah, like if you're familiar with Norview, I had Yo. like, Wellington Oaks on lock, I had the avenues on lock, mm-hmm. and all the way up from like, so from the high school to Walmart, dang. Like, is like I had customers. So it was like on the weekends you go out there, I cut probably ten, twelve yards a day. Who um, it's not, I don't really gotta knock on doors. I'm going straight to the people I know that need it.
0: How'd you how'd you get that idea to start that? Was it like like something just instilled in you to get out there and get it? Or was you just like, shit, I'm trying I just buy always, stuff so yeah, I need I, some money. <laughs> yeah, I
1: just always wanted money. You know okay. what I'm saying? Um my people's I ain't grew up with like money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? My people's having like mad money. Mm-hmm. So um it was like always the idea to get it. And my friend circle, like, that's why I said like a lot of kids were just out doing dumb stuff. We was trying to figure out ways to make money. So we was like, How can we get them new J's that come out? How can we get that? We need money. So boom. You know what I'm saying? I'm not finna just go keep asking on dukes for like, Oh, I want this. She yeah, got no problems. You know what I'm saying? $20. She got no yeah. problems. So yeah. that was the J, And I used to cut like my neighbor's yard. Okay So started off with me cutting like like one or two of my neighbors, it's like, yo, when you cut the grass, you know, what I'm saying I'll throw you some money just to cut mines too. So it started off like that, and then like one summer I was just heavy knocking on the doors, yeah, like everywhere, you know what I'm saying. So then you get your little clientele, you know. Of course, people move, people come, so um. But eventually, it was like the next summer I ain't even had to knock on doors. It was just like I go back to the same houses and everything. So yeah, and then I could afford anything I want. But that was like the agenda. is always to get some money, better the situ- situation. Like,
0: right? okay, that's solid. That's solid. All right. So, all right. Going back to high school for a second, you said you was in chorus, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, at what point did you realize like I got some musical gifts? Like I'm I'm talented a little bit. You know, I can hold a note. I can sing a little bit. Um. At what point did I like it? What, um, po- was what point? No- <laughs> what point did you realize you had the talent in you? At what point did you say, Oh, I like doing this?
1: That was middle school. Um, I discovered an interest in music in elementary. Um, I had got kicked out of class one day in elementary school, and they make you sit in the auditorium. They was doing like this little music um, Christmas play. Uh And it was like the xylophone thingy. You bang on the bells. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. um, At that point, I ain't really trying to... I was trying to be cool in elementary school, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You just just trying to... You know what I'm saying? So I ain't really rock with that, but um, I did take interest in it. So in the middle school I got into like chorus and everything. Okay. Um I always could sing. Um in middle school is where I really learned how to use it. How'd you learn how to use it? I mean, you got teachers. I had a teacher okay. Um, this old white dude, Mr. Um Broadbent, crazy dude, but he was very talented at what he do. Right. And like shaping a gift, you know what I'm saying. So Wait, so was this like individual classes, or this is like just a not full this course? Hey, yeah, okay. Because um, I never took a course class. Growing the, up. the crazy part is, I was my voice was ridiculous high. Like my talking voice was like pretty normal, mm. but like it was weird. Like even in middle school, I like like the boys would be over there, and then you know, okay, you got the mm. the baritones, <laughs> which in middle school nobody's really baritone. You just boys. Yeah, it's like, so the boys are over there, then the altos and the sopranos, and I was like in the mix of all the girls. So that's when I started liking chorus. It's like, I could just sit over here and... And beat the girls all day. Yeah, flirt and chill with them all day. So that was like something I I took interest in then, mainly because of that. Uh But then it was like, this is actually cool. Okay. And people like you a lot more when you're good, so... Right. It was a thing to shape. (laughs) Okay. All right, so you
0: figured it out in elementary school, and you started liking it in elementary school too? Now, I started liking it in middle school. You started liking it in middle school. Okay. And. High school, you just keep it going.
1: You just keep it going. All right, so. But high school, I do want to say I had one of the most incredible teachers. I could say that, though. I've been fortunate to have, like, incredible teachers. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to music, I had a. um, In high school, I had a teacher named Miss Roby. Incredible teacher. Who made her incredible? Um her knowledge for one. Mm-hmm. Um, her ability to like it's like church, you know, you go to church and it's like in the choir, what it be how like forty people mm-hmm. that cannot sing. Right. And for some way, somehow, this director gets them to be able to sound like yeah. something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like that. And then like um she really pushed you when she, once she sees it in you, it's like she really pushed to like learn it. This is how you do this, this is how you do this. And really like shaped and got, like, us good. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it was it was people in there that couldn't sing a dime, but you would've never knew. Okay. So, um, really, just her patience, her knowledge, and... um, I think it helped that she loved her job because she made us like it. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Enough to, like, learn it and then want to do it, so...
0: Okay. All right, so we done talked about uh, singing in elementary school, mm-hmm. singing in middle school, and you say you was in the chorus in high school. Yep. At what point did rap come into play
1: um putting the words together
0: and, you know, flowing.
1: I had, I had cousins and um my oldest brother rapped never seriously I don't think well when they was probably teenagers yeah mm-hmm. but like as in like my life they were um not serious they just could um so that's when I was like really introduced to like rap mm-hmm. it's just listening um and then I tried it but um I would say when it was my freshman year And I credit a lady named Miss Campbell. She's she's a ninth grade um, creative writing and English teacher at Norview. Mm. And we started studying poetry and, um, you know, the Romeo and Juliet and all of that type stuff. We did um, Tupac lyrics and stuff like that. Her knowledge on like pop was extensive. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. that just was like cool. So, um, you know, I just took interest in it then. And start writing on my own. A lot of people didn't know I rapped until like, junior year. So, that's when I started, like, you know, rapping in, in front of people. You know, you yeah. rap with your homeboys. right? More public, I would say, with it. People, um... And it was cool. Like, it was, it was a cool thing to do. We used to battle in, like, the cafeteria. Like, security had a microphone. It'd be funny. For it real? Be like, yeah, man. So-and-so said... They just let y'all battle, like, in the cafeteria? Yeah, it wasn't, like, like a full-fledged, like... Smack battle, but like, (laughs) you let let, he'll let this dude rap, and then of course, everybody know you rap, so everybody look at you like what you you gonna do, yeah. yeah. It started off, um, singing actually. Because, like, um, this one dude, he was like new, and this dude, security guard Puff, would like walk around with the mic, you know what I'm saying? He Mm -hmm. let dude sing, so then everybody know the singers, and it was just like, I was like one of the only singers in lunch that day, so Mm -hmm. like. How you going to act? like You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So you're saying something, then it's like that. And then one day, um, this guy, like, rapped. And then everybody, it was almost like everybody was like, nah, my boy going to wash you yeah. up. like You know what I'm saying? They just hyped it. And I rapped. um, And that was, like, one of the earliest stages. It was like, okay, now I got to get good at this. Right. Because, I mean, I was pretty, in my opinion, I've always been pretty, like, Better than the average mm-hmm. at that because I just took pride in like I'm like I ain't going outside and I ain't finna I got a good taste for what's good and what's whack you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying yeah so it was like that but yeah
0: okay so alright so uh, would you consider yourself a rapper or do you just say I'm an artist
1: I started out saying just rapper. Because mm-hmm. um, even when I started creating my own music, I wasn't really singing too much. Okay. Um, like people who knew me from that point in my life knew I sang and didn't rap. Then it turned to more people knowing I rap and less people I actually know I sang. Um, so when I, it was like, it was more so like that. But I just label myself an artist, man. Um, because what I like to do is like so much more broad than just rapping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then even to this day, I'm still fortunate to be around. Extremely talented individuals like Calvin Mirage, like uh, Richard Love, aka Testimony. You know what I'm saying? Like These guys are like renaissance men at what they do in yeah. the instrumentation and the production and their craft. So it kind of makes you be more than a rapper. Right. Because it's like, you would put yourself in a box to be around these incredibly talented people and just rap. Right. Like You know what I'm saying? So, right. Question. Y- y'all two got a tape together? Or... Yeah, so Calvin Mirage is like responsible for like 99% of my sound. Okay. 99% of everything you've heard is produced by Calvin Mirage. Got you. And that 1% is literally like what, what one or two songs slipped through the cracks. Like, okay. Literally, like, like, <clears throat> Big Fella got away. What else? It's Big Fella got away um, the intro that Jalik has. Um, too Much to Say, and Free Game. So four songs out of my entire catalog is just not by him. Everything else is.
0: Wow, okay.
1: So all the variation in sound, style, mm-hmm. like genre is literally him pushing the limits.
0: Was that done on, on, on purpose? Or was it just like, hey, we work, we work well together, so let's just keep it going?
1: Yeah, we when we met, we actually won't pose to work together. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was actually... Um, Working with testimony, okay. But you know what I'm saying everybody take a break, and then everybody like goes and take a break, mm-hmm. and then we just up there just chilling. So we started cooking up like we was just working, yeah. And then um, we developed like good chemistry right out the gate. So that just been a thing literally since right. then. What was that like, 2015, 2014? 14. Yeah. Right. So since then, like the chemistry was just crazy. and mm-hmm. We worked like all the time. Okay. So. Alright. Okay. Okay.
0: Are you an independent artist? Yes. How do you distribute your music?
1: Um, the major
0: platforms. I'm saying like, is it like DistroKid? <coughs> uh, like, how do you get it out there?
1: I use uh, what works best for the project. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So like, I've used CD Baby, I've used DistroKid, I've used the TuneCore, I use you know a few different things. Um, but it really like what works best. I started off using TuneCore. Um, then I didn't like the payment structure of how much they receive versus how much you receive. Mm-hmm. I've used DistroKid because it's like it's very lenient with time until release. Right, like you can release very fast. I've used like each one of them got its pros and its cons, so I just kind of use them as I need. Okay, yeah, I got you. Okay, okay.
0: Uh, have you been offered any record deals as of yet? It could be big or small.
1: Um. Conversations, yes, has definitely happened. Um, No ink has ever touched the paper. Um, Got you. No ink has ever touched the paper, Um, but and that's solely because of like where me and the people on my team and what they do and what I do want to take this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, What we trying to do is it wouldn't benefit us to make horrible mistakes like that early, or giving away too much rights and. You know what I'm saying? Right. Creative control and things like that. Yeah. A lot goes into that that people don't talk about. You know what I'm saying? And then like yeah. um, on the money aspect of it, um, I mean, I could use some more money and I would love more money, but I'm not hurting for money. And right. that's a lot of times where those decisions are made. Out of like desperation. People, yeah. People get in these situations out of desperation. Yeah. And then before you know it, you done signed something that wasn't nowhere near beneficial for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um nothing has ever been inked. a lot of things taught, but I just think it it um totals up to I'm a hard I would be I wouldn't say I would be a hard person to sign but it would be a lot of negotiating because it's a lot that I can do on my own. Right. It is things that being signed depending on who you're signed to mm-hmm. would benefit I would benefit from as in yeah. like the machine part of things yeah. but um we record, we got our own studios, you know what I'm saying? We team up with people that I think are talented and they think are talented videography wise. Yeah. Um all the production is in-house. So I don't I won't say I don't need anybody, but why fix yeah. something that ain't broke? Right. You know what I'm saying? Why yeah, pay yeah. you to do something that my friend could do? And he's actually, in my opinion, more talented than the people you're gonna refer. Right, right You know what I'm saying While recording your fancy studios We got our fancy studios Yeah You know what I'm saying You're just going to overcharge me We're not probably going to use the equipment (laughs) Right Calvin is still probably going to pull up with all his equipment Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying So It's like And if that ever became a thing It's like Not going to happen how they envision it Okay The money's going right back into the people that helped me grow this So Okay, okay All right
0: Ah, right, let's get into some records a little bit. Okay, get to the music. All right, so let's talk about. Uh, I was talking to you before off mic on this. Bless my soul. Okay, how did that record
1: come about? Um, in Atlanta. Help me out, Kyle. It was it was in Atlanta. It was for a show. Yeah,
0: we had a show. A mentor. You made this. You made the song for a show.
1: No, no. It was we was down there um to do a show. Okay. Um mm-hmm. for a mentor of ours. Mm-hmm. and you know saying so we just we just there but our work at this crazy, so we're always working. Like they're literally what he was setting up. Yeah, they were setting up a show and yeah. uh, we were just chilling mm-hmm. in the section. And we started working. <laughs> I am my laptop. I start I started cooking up the track. Before you know it, he, he stepped away to write the song, came back I was like, I'm done.
0: <laughs> And so y'all made it right then and there.
1: Yeah, a lot Yeah, a lot of our stuff is like done in a moment. Okay. Not Wait. in a moment as in time, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. in person. But I'm
0: saying like right then and there, you pulled the laptop out and, yeah, he y'all, up. and y'all recorded it right there.
1: No, we didn't record. We had a soft record there. Yeah. Like we'll record for reference. Oh, okay, but okay, the, um, okay, like the song will be done. Like okay. We could like, shoot, if we had two hours sitting here. We could come up with something. Y'all can make something happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to. We made like two, two or three shake while we're sitting here. So okay. um, It happens like that. Yeah, we, so we was, you know what I'm saying? Um, they were setting up for the show. We was just chilling, waiting um, because we was going. I had um, Big Fella out at the time, mm-hmm. and that was the one I was um, going to open the show with. So, um, yeah, we was chilling, and then it just it happens like that.
0: Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about the video.
1: Mm-hmm. I think the video is dope first. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, who uh, directed it?
1: So the director is um, Lachlan Mcclennan. Okay. Um, he's a a super talented um director and videographer, um from out here, mm-hmm. and he goes to school at NYU. Um, and his he has a team and like his brother Rourke Mcclennan, and um the team that they have in place, that they do videos and yeah, um, came to me. I knew the younger brother first, Rourke. Um, incredible talent, photography wise and um music wise. Um, So, I knew him and then he introduced me to his brother that wanted to work on something that's not like a natural music video. Mm -hmm. I've never shot like, in my opinion, a music video that everybody else would shoot. Like, you just stand in front of the camera and rap. That's never been my thing. Like Most of my music tells stories and I kind of like... Like videos that get super creative with like yeah. telling a story on some movie type stuff like mm-hmm. that's the type of stuff I like to do. So, yeah. Grandview um, Street's a dope one too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. That was shot by Mark Cotton. Okay, um, and it's it's similar. Like yeah, like um, I like videographers that are more cinematic. They have a um, more film type of touch to their um, right. their work. So that's why it meshed really well. And it's kind of like the song itself is so detailed. It kind of gives you the video, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You just need someone extremely talented um, and with a vision enough to bring it to life, and that's what he was able to do. Okay,
0: let's talk about uh Bel Air. Mm-hmm. Bel Air is one of my personal favorites. Okay, I play that song and I feel I, I, I feel luxurious a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, the song's called Bel Air, <laughs> but uh, like the, just like just like the shout out.
1: That's actually my favorite. Um, one of my favorite drinks. So. For real, we'll plug that. Yeah, right. hopefully I can get a Bel-Air sponsorship one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like a Endorsement. Ross. You know you what I'm saying? Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ross, help me out. Just <laughs> say, let's, uh, make that happen. So that'd be cool. Yeah.
0: yeah, I play that song when I'm about to like, like get ready to slide out somewhere, or somewhere or like, uh, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, where were you? We you made that one. Mm.
1: What was we Calvin? It was Avenue. Was oh yeah, because we couldn't get the record right for the longest. Um. Yeah, matter of fact, we recorded it <laughs> Yep. at um Ready you're Ready, right? And you produced it, and I started recording it that day, too. And then the crazy part about that record, we had half of the record done for so long, and we had the whole record, like, both verses written, mm-hmm. but I could not get the second verse to sound like the first verse, and I don't know what it was. <laughs> it was just, like, the energy, I guess, the, you know, certain things just... Just do it all at once, you know. What yeah. Saying, and for whatever reason we wasn't able to do it all at once, so um it took us a little bit of time—not too much time—but we got that record. How right. hard
0: to recreate that energy? Yeah, know? it's it's yeah. super
1: hard. Once you like you like come on, uh, the energy—he in the room blacking out production-wise, you know. What I'm saying he just blacking, yeah. And he create this crazy jank, yeah. And then you cook up a crazy verse, right? And the energy is high, and you record it in that energy and in that space, uh-huh. and then you leave. And you come back to record the rest of it. And yeah. it's like, I should have just did it while I was here. Right. Right. All
0: right, let's talk about uh a glass. Yeah. Uglass. glass. <laughs> Ugly. I think
1: that was probably
0: maybe probably within the first ten songs I heard I heard of you. Mm-hmm. And um when I heard about it, I was like, when I heard it, I was like, oh, this is this is real life. <laughs> you yeah. know, this is real life. Uh so let's we'll talk about well, one, how real? How real is that? Is that song?
1: What? on a Yeah, it,
0: like concept-wise, like
1: yeah, it's definitely real. Um, it really comes from jokes. We, we, I think some of me, me and the team, we play too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. But that song was actually a whole other song for like years, and I did not want to put the song out. Why? Um, you know, I had big fella, and big fella became like a stigma. Oh, like, you didn't want to
0: become like a, this jokey comedian caricature, like yeah, uh, like rapper, like I got you.
1: Uh, yeah, then you end up in that jokey joke lane. Yeah, and yeah. it's like I actually like in music and right. you know what I'm saying right <laughs> like to do this on a serious level. So. Yeah, but because Big Fella surprised us, you know what I'm saying. So um, it's just crazy how crazy some of them work when you're just joking. Mm-hmm. Like that came from a joke that we was the joke is actually like um. It was just funny, like we was all joking, mm-hmm. and it just flowed out. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. we had that production for what about two years, yeah. almost two years before I actually did Uglas. It was a whole another record. Yeah, song, Basquiat. You said Basquiat? Yeah. yeah. What uh? Pistro. Yeah, okay. it had a few names.
0: Okay. Yeah, a
1: few hooks, a few names, few hooks, and then after rewriting it. Probably for the fourth time, it became ugly. Man. Okay,
0: I will take uh, a quick break for a second.
1: Mm. Yeah, man,
0: I'm checking stuff out there. I, yeah, I don't know what I thought. All right, let's talk about the end of the record. Drunk text It's a voicemail of a guy calling <laughs> your phone, asking mm-hmm. you what happened between you and this girl. Has that happened before?
1: It's like, was that real? That's a real voicemail. Oh, that's a real voicemail. That's crazy. Um. And I say that to say... Because that really happens in real life. Yeah, in real life. life. And oh. as much as, like, girls always say dudes are not honest, uh-huh. it just came from a situation where this young lady, she wasn't honest with, I guess, her relationship status. Yeah. So when I met her, we made it to a point where that was never mentioned, and we should have never made it to that point should without that being mentioned. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Fact. So, um then you know the next day it's like i find out and i'm like dude went outside though yeah yeah yeah. you can't can't believe in the voicemails on dude's phone yeah and one i'm an artist and i I yeah i i'm definitely using it do you know if it got back to me i'm pretty sure he's heard it that's crazy because you know are you worried
0: about ever getting like like sued for that
1: sued yeah you left me a voicemail (laughs) I don't even think I can get sued for that. I am about right? to say, I don't know the laws yeah, that, about yeah, that. Yeah, you can't. You literally left me a voicemail. Right, okay. So it's literally on my phone. It's my property, right? You got a point. So, and you called my phone. It ain't like... Phone. Yeah, it oh, ain't called, like...
0: He called your phone, so yeah.
1: Yeah, and you left it on my phone, so... Uh, okay. You just set yourself up for that one. You know what I'm saying? Definitely did. I've used a few voicemails. I I'm, Yeah. On the song um, Too Much To Say, I've used um a voicemail of a... Of a dude who was playing both sides of the fence. He was talking. Oh crazy. yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, it's all love though, it's all love. Yeah, he was talking crazy. I don't do that. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know exactly what song you're talking about. Yo, I got yo. people that
1: are willing to go the extra mile. You know, saying, "I'm you know, me." So like, I need you to be exactly who you is, whether you dislike me or like me. Yeah, dude was like, yeah, man. Yeah. I, hope, I hope you win, though. I hope you win, though. And so. it's cra- <laughs> and I and I included that in the song. Yeah. Only because that's not what he was saying. On social media. Right. So, like, on social media, he made this, like, big old hoorah about, like, you know what I'm saying? His dislike for me. For You know what I'm saying? Was it around, like, the versus time? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. He, he yeah. wanted He was going back and forth, right? Yeah. He wanted to do a versus. Yeah. Um, In my opinion, I told the team, to I do not think, mm, and qualified. still do not think. Well, he definitely wasn't qualified. He was far from qualified. Right, right. I would—I didn't even know him. Like, I still don't know him. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it's people—this <laughs> sounds crazy—but <laughs> like, I really, to this day, I do not know. Yeah. He contacted me like, "Yo, I can't be touched or something like I'm whatever, whatever on the verses level." Yeah. And he wanted to do a versus against me, and I was like, I still honestly do not feel that anyone. It's somebody here maybe and it's people that are qualified. But I have a catalogue. You know what I'm saying? Like and whether everybody's like aware of what I have or not aware, Mm -hmm. I'm telling you I got some pressure. (laughs) So I know just not there's not too many people that can really just sit and do that. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's not and it not be biased like and it be really genuine like yeah it's not and then if I don't know you I even do that what's the point
0: I got a good versus for you I think in
1: about maybe two three years I think you and Doms Al Doms Al Doms that's my guy I really now I would do that I like yeah. Al Doms yeah I actually knew and that's crazy I really respect that I um I knew Al Doms when I was in high school he actually used to ball. Mm-hmm. I think he bought for Granby. Granby, yep. Yeah, but um, a lot of the ballers and stuff used to ball out of Northview, mm-hmm. like at the courts and stuff. That's how I initially met him. Um, But yeah, definitely. I think that'd be a good one. And definitely has a very crazy catalog. Yes, mixtapes, yeah, yeah, albums. Definitely, yeah. Al Doms is crazy. It's a few people out here. See, like, that's a qualified person that's right. like takes this craft seriously, has records. Yeah. He got records that I like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like some of his music. It's people out here. That's like that. Then there's people out here that's not, yeah, at all. <laughs> and it be the crazy part. It don't be the people that have the catalogs. It don't be the people that's are that that's like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It be the people that's not qualified to even be in the conversation. Right, it's like, bro, you ain't got no projects out. What work have you done to even like do this? Yeah. And those be the ones that be not. thinking about that. Though, and yes. the crazy part is like, would that dude to like touch on that situation? I don't have nothing to lose or gain right I don't know you and then I listened to like maybe like the first 15 seconds of like two songs and I was like oh yeah you definitely don't belong mm. <laughs> because it's like yeah what are you gonna play that would even be in comparison to what I play quality wise quality content wise, wise right? like, yeah like come on so yeah he wanted to do it so I told him that was a funny day it's a price to that yeah I'm not playing, and this is crazy because this is before Versus was even really doing that. Right. I'm like, well, alright, let's make it an event. Mm-hmm. You want to do it? Let's get a locations. You bring your DJ, I bring my DJ. want to. We he play these records. And they I'm that money up. <laughs> yeah. And he won't try to do it and I was like, he was like, obsessed over the part that I was charging him for it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm charging you because you're going gonna to do this at this venue. You're definitely going to pay me because like, I have no reason to do this. Yeah. So, if anything, it's more promotion for you. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. Yeah, he was just very, he, he disliked that boy. He, but then he got on social media, was talking that one way and going crazy, going another way in the messages. And I don't know who you are. That's funny. I did not know
0: that was him, though. That's funny to yeah, like so put it together. I now. used it. Like, yeah.
1: I used it because I thought it was funny. And mm-hmm. you sent me a voicemail. So, if you are anybody out there, don't ever send an artist a voicemail or a voice recorder. Yeah. And at least if you do, don't let it be good because they're going to use it. That's a fact. And got away from um,
0: from the tape from The Heart One. You mm. said, mama raised me dolo so I never seen love. No father figure so I grew a mean mug. Deep line. Uh, break that down to me.
1: <laughs> I'm actually impressed. That's, I like that question. Um definitely i definitely like that question um i grew up in a single parent household my mom you know what i'm saying and um that line basically says um people that have like high hopes and um optimistic viewpoints on love and marriage and relationships usually come from homes with both parents yeah you know what I'm saying? When you've witnessed it, when you've seen your father love your mother your mother love your father, you become more optimistic to be like, wow, that could actually happen for me. Right. Because, like, you've seen it firsthand. You know what I'm saying? My mother was a single mother. I um didn't have that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So when you don't have it unconsciously, it creates that. You're used to what you grew with. What yep. You You know what I'm saying? Not to say that you're not optimistic, like, but it's more far-fetched than it is for a person that grew up with, like, two parents in the household. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So, um... Because in that same song, you,
0: uh... I think it's the same song. You was like, you know, my uh, my homeboy just had uh,
1: a kid and I yeah. don't... I'm not jealous of him. I just envy the look in his eyes. Yeah, it's you like know. the look of love. Like, he gets to experience what that feels like. Right. You know what I'm saying? And as much as all of us play, like, we're like these tough guys or these city girls and mm-hmm. whatever you want to, you know what I'm saying, portray, yeah. is like... At the end of the day, everybody wants to be loved. Everybody wants to find their person. Yeah. Everybody wants that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people, it just feels more far-fetched than others. Yeah. So, yeah. But in that situation, yeah, I had a, I got a friend. I got a few friends with, um, that had kids, and they had, their situation was lovely. Yeah. And it's not that I was jealous of their situation. I just, like, wow, I really want that for myself. Like, I wish right. I could feel that for myself. Right. Like, so, that feeling. You just yeah. Because I know it feels you good to have you made people. Like what's the what's the TikTok like? Yeah. I've really made people. You made, you made people and you yeah. you know, the person you made
0: the people with, y'all good. And that's so yeah, that's you know,
1: that's like y'all together. Unconditional love at its finest. It's only a few people that can give unconditional love in my opinion. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's children, um, dogs. Um <laughs> But you know what I'm saying, you don't feel that. Especially as a man, um, I would say in America, I don't know. You know, for other countries and other parts of the world. But as a man, in my opinion, I don't think we're often loved unconditionally. Most of the times we're loved is conditional by what we provide or what we are able to do, or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're loved based off the things that we can provide and do. Um, women, children, dogs are more so loved unconditionally. At least they get to experience it. You know what right. I'm saying? Men will get to experience it when they have they have children or that's why you see men with dogs and you know what I'm saying? Because whether yeah. you can your dog can do do right in the flow, you beat the crap out of the dog, you know what I'm saying? Let somebody come to the dog come to the door, mm-hmm. dog ready to go to war. Right. He still got your back. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like unconditional love, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like and um that's kinda like the just yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Okay.
0: Uh on the song "Up One," you inserted a clip of Funk Flex uh, shouting yes. you out. How did uh? Well, first, well, okay. How did you get on Funk Flex's radar?
1: Do you know? I posted one day and tagged them. That
0: like just, just yeah, just chase like dreams
1: not people. And the crazy part, the song was out for like a year, wasn't it? Song was out, and I think I just made a post one day. I like that song too. Thank you. Yeah, that's a good one. And I just um, I made a post one day, and I. I you know, just content. Like, let me post my video. Mm-hmm. Um, I posted it, and you know, you tag random people. The song had, the video had, and he had like five likes, and it, one of them was his. So I'm like driving. <laughs> After I just, I literally posted this guy in the car and was like going somewhere. Yeah. And then like my jank started going dumb. Like notifications was just rolling. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is going on? I look at it, and I'm like, oh, that's that's fake account. That gotta be fake account, right? You know, so I know I just tagged them, but yeah. that's gotta be like a fan page or something. Mm-hmm. So I think nothing of it until my phone just going retarded. Like, yeah. dum, 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 dum. Yeah. like to go viral is go viral with your notifications on is actually surprising. You'd be like, yo, this phone will not shut up. Mm-hmm. Like So it was doing that and when I looked at it, he had posted it. He was like, I don't know who this is, but this is like crazy. This is dope. Yeah. And then like I guess people just started tagging me crazy. So he updated the post and was like Marv P. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah, that was that's funk flex. That's a staple in hip hop, like legend. Yeah, so that meant a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Cause a lot of times you, you may not get the validation you want from like the people you want it from, where you from. Yeah. Um, but like that meant a lot. That's hip hop, like. That's hip hop, and that's the new age we in. Like, like, you you can't. social media. Come on, man. at, you you at can 2018. Do a post. I, well, after that happened, I was like, you couldn't tell me that. They just gave me like a new sense of confidence. Like I had confidence. I was yeah. pretty confident, but like that's fun flex telling me like he don't even know you and he, he just dope, You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, come on, I don't care what John John on the corner say like. <laughs> you can now it created the perspective like there is people that will not like your music. There is people that will like your music, and then there's a gap of people who will respect right. your music. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you grow that perspective from things like that. That's mm-hmm. where that perspective came from for me. And it was like, it's fun flex, man. It yeah. was crazy. And then I actually got to like talk to him. I was trying to get him to get me up there on a freestyle. Yeah. But I was pulling for that hard. And that I would like, be yeah, have been, been crazy. That would have be been crazy. Would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. I would have blacked out. Because he didn't have people on there that we don't know. So it was like, yeah, he, that's not far-fetched. He really, because um, what he told me, he was like, I kind of just, it's like, because I thought, I was like, yo, I don't know how you do it or how you go about picking these people, but... You know what I'm saying? Oh, you talked to him. Yeah. Okay. Like, right after that happened, um, another situation happened where somebody was trying to scam me. And then we ended up talking on the phone. The scammer. No, me and Funk. Oh, you like, were Funk. Yeah, okay. like he was like, yo, boom. And I just like called him. Yeah. And I was like, okay, boom. And we got to chop it up for like a, a little bit. Okay. All
0: right. Uh the song. You said Chase. Chase Dreams, not people. Okay. I like that song. Could,
1: uh, can you say like the first like that opening line? Fake ass, fake titties, fake hair, fake nails, fake lashes. But yeah, she want a, a real nigga. nigga.
0: She want a real nigga. With
1: no job, hella fly, high maintenance, and bougie. I don't even know how niggas deal with you. All right. <laughs> like So. That came up. We, we was actually in Atlanta. That <laughs> <laughs> was like, we might just need to go back to Atlanta and just finish. Yeah. Like, that came one of the mornings in Atlanta. We just woke up. We was in Atlanta working. Yeah. And he was in the room cooking up across from me. And I really just walked in. And he uh. was, boom. And that was done like, what, 10 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I ain't even got a question. I just wanted to hit that line one time. Because it just,
0: it it makes all the sense in the world when you think about it. Yeah. Fake lashes, fake this, you know what you want a real nigga. And
1: it goes into that conversation, too, of like, we live in, well, that was 2018, but we live in 2021, where it's hilarious that women want traditional men, but they're the furthest from traditional. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like fake ass, fake titties, fake hair, fake nails, fake lashes, but yet you want a real nigga with no job, hella fly, high maintenance, and bougie. I don't even know how niggas deal with you. Make it make sense. Yeah. It's like, okay, the concept of like, I ain't even getting into like the paying bills concept that yeah. that starts the argument or uh-huh. what they feel like men should come with, provide and offer versus what they come to the table with. It's that conversation, right? You know what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. think it was just so. I think that song was so successful because it was so blatantly in your face,
0: right? You can't, you can't run from it. It's not, it's no, it's, it's no. When you hear those lines, lines like... you can't not agree with that. You yeah. like,
1: I don't know how niggas deal with you, <laughs> like, right? You know, like, so yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. Whole like. another conversation. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, what's the difference between a mixtape, a EP, a LP, and an album? Because I honestly, at this point in time, it, it no most of it all goes from streaming services, so it's like, what's the difference?
1: Um, my definition, maybe not the real definition. So the difference between EP and LP is the length.
0: Okay. Um. Well, first, what does uh, EP and LP stand for, if you know?
1: Um, EP is it's extended, extended project, extended play. play. Extended play, and long play, okay. Yeah, so the time, the difference, and the um the length of them are the difference between the EPs and the um the LPs. Okay. Now mixtapes, I just feel like the difference between mixtapes and EPs and LPs is like, I guess originality. You know what I'm saying? Like you could use like on a mixtape, you'll see somebody like basically do a freestyle or a cover or something like that. You don't see it on somebody's album. Mm -hmm. That's not like or their actual EP. You might sample something. Right. But it's not like I'm gonna just use the works of somebody else. And then mixtapes is like, I don't know, it's like the not official way of releasing a project. Okay. And then coming up in our era where mixtapes was like, that's oh how my. you hustle. The project, when you come out with the album, everybody was coming out with mixtapes. When you come out with the album, like that's your album. Yeah. You took this crazy seriously. This is a thought, a complete thought. This is, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. what you wanted to present to the world now. Mixtapes, in my opinion, showing off your skill and your talent levels like working out musically, you know what I'm saying? So, okay. Are
0: physical copies and vinyl important to you personally uh, as an artist, you know, coming up in the streaming era?
1: Yeah, I like having physical things.
0: Matter of fact, I think I just seen you drop off some physical CDs in uh, Carolina,
1: right? No, that situation was crazy. Okay, <laughs> that situation, he had those CDs. From 2015.
0: Uh, oh, that was Dude who had them.
1: Yeah. So Uh-oh. he actually gave me one. I uh. didn't have my own CD from 2015. <laughs> That's like crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. That was like me back then. I used to really hustle like that. Just like, let me put these hot songs. We didn't have no project back then. So I was just putting like our best songs on a CD yeah. and hustling them CDs. Like, okay, like a dollar, get, donate, whatever. Like, right. Get the CD, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. So that was our way of like getting our name out there. And dude, which his name is Keith Sykes, an amazing person who always books us um, in Fayetteville. Um, he had like, what do you like 50? Like 35 to 50 of these Dang. CDs. I'm talking perfect condition. Like it looked like I printed them today. That's crazy. Like some of them never opened. The writing on the and then the cover, the sleeves I had them in was white. So you could tell if they yeah. would have aged. Right. Like, they was well taken care of. Like, man, it was crazy. But that's how I used to hustle. But um, I used to realize, like, I put all these songs on the CD and that's how I used, you know, I'd take that money then use it to, like, mm-hmm. okay, let's try to do this. And let's try to do that to further what we got going on. So Okay.
0: Yeah. I think that um, the album that got Beller on it, what's it called again? Lewis. Lewis. I think that'd be a dope vinyl cover.
1: Yeah, we actually had that CD in um, a Target. Really? Yeah. I ain't know that when it released. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we, I did like um a photo shoot with that. Shout out to um, Amid, you know what I'm saying, in the art department. Um, that's the one who helped bring that visual part of that album together with the cover and the posters and everything. Right. It's yeah. simple, but Yeah, we took it back to dope. the posters for that one. Like, you for know real? how, like, you used to, like, grow up and, like, in the album it would a poster? Yeah. Like, yeah, we had the whole nine. So. That's dope. All right. Um... All
0: right, so I've seen videos of your live performances, right? Mm-hmm. And hmm uh, And I know that you can actually rap. hmm Now, I know you can rap. I've seen you rap acapella sometimes, but then other times I see you rap over the record, mm-hmm. why do you choose to rap over the record? Because, uh, in my opinion,
1: I think that kind of <laughs> it lessens the performance value. Um, for me, the number one factor in whether I'm playing the whole record and the performance track, because I have performance tracks pretty much everything. Um, the size of the venue. Got you. The quality of the sound. Um, let's say. But this a lot of those times too was before I had my own DJ. Mm-hmm. Shout out DJ Lee, you know? Um you dealing in different people's spaces with different people DJing and different people's equipment. Right. Um so all a lot of times at them earlier points the sound wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So would I rather have you listen to me rap and the sound not be right, or me just mm-hmm. play the whole track so I can at least know you got it. How we delivered it. Got you. And I'll rap with it to create the experience. Right. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. I didn't, yeah, think, so it, th- I didn't think about that. Yeah. A lot okay. of times it's for that purposes. Um, we really rehearse and practice and these performances and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's really just like we might be in the middle of a set and a lot of our stuff is not set in stone. Like we're not. I don't go into a show saying this is what I'm gonna do only. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. I really um, have um, been learning to master. I don't, I wouldn't say I've mastered it, but uh, I'm really good at reading energy. Uh-huh. So once I start to like, my set starts and I start to take you on a journey or I'll take you to whether we're going up or down uh-huh. energy-wise, that set kind of like is being really put together then. And because I have DJ Elite, right? I could cue my, that's my entire catalog in a second. Right. My entire catalog is sitting there, so I can do whatever I want. So if I pull out a song from 2016, I may not even remember all the words, right. but I know it well enough. But I've really, I'd rather have you get this experience Got you. than Got you. me, you know what I'm saying? Because if I stumble, then it's like you're more critiquing than being entertained. Got you. And I'm not really aware about stumbling. That doesn't happen too often, but it's like... You know, I'd rather the experience... It's different factors to. ...to fill the record. Yeah, because when you... Let's say that it's your first time hearing it. Okay. I want you to get that record. Like, I want you to get what I intended for you to get from it.
0: I got you. Okay. Uh, How do you prepare for a live show? Everything from picking the outfit out, you get to the venue, talking with your DJ, the set list, just little personal routine things. Like, lay it out for me.
1: Um... Preparing is like preparing starts weeks before. Right. Of kind of getting a gist of what I want to do. Like lately, we've been doing things, um, which is very interesting. We're just doing different versions of songs live. Mm -hmm. Like, um, was in Carolina, and I mixed prayers with um the song mirrors, which is the outro. I mixed the intro with the outro of the same project, and it was like that's dope too. (laughs) Like when she come
0: on singing in mirrors. Yeah. Crazy. yeah, shout yeah. out to Johnny.
1: Uh-huh. Um, she actually got an um, a EP out too. Really? Yes. And um, it was produced by Calvin Mirage. Okay. Um, I was involved in that project by the of Guy, you know what I'm saying? Blessed to be around talented people again, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And her project's incredible, so that's another name that you can check out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so um, just doing creative things to keep the interest, and in, I enjoyed it. That's the like... Part of this that's like nobody really I think pays attention to it separates you from the average rapper the average artist is that am I just gonna go rap the same song to you every time no I'm gonna do it different ways and you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you might like it when I do this way like it, it'd be so fun to do stuff like that you right. know what I'm saying just like expand these records so
0: okay uh what's the biggest crowd slash venue that you've performed at and what's been the smallest? <laughs> the smallest and <of> nobody. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the smallest yeah. is in like like you know you got the yeah the smallest I would like say like what, 10,
1: 10, 11 people. That's the smallest. Okay. The biggest, um, I would say was a I, mean, I don't know the exact number. I was like thirty thousand. Dang! And I performed the halftime show for the Wizards. Really? Um. Yeah. Is there footage of that? out anywhere? It's pictures and stuff. Yeah. Okay. This was twenty. I don't even know the year that was twenty, fourteen, fifteen. That's dope. Yeah, and I, they had a um like a talent competition. They picked the talent from that competition to perform at the halftime. Uh-huh. And I performed a song called Skin Deep, which is not not out anywhere at this point. But um yeah, I performed that for the halftime show, and it was like a sold out crowd. Like That's felt super dope. amazing. Super dope. It felt amazing. But that goes to two being able to perform with um. Like when I say size of the venue mm-hmm. because like in that situation I performed with the whole track. Because I mean they didn't give us any ears. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like but like it's to give that live experience. So but yeah, the biggest I've um, performed in front of was, like thirty up thirty plus
0: thousand. What's been your favorite show up until this point?
1: If you if if you had to choose one? My shows. <laughs> it like um I had no I, I had mean a,
0: like 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 the the exact show, the exact uh venue. Okay, so like one that of my, kind of thing.
1: I could say my favorite show this year was at Chicho's Shout out to my guy NATO. They throw the extra large parties at Chicho's and okay. it was a rappers lineup. It was me, Ryan Luke, and Intellect. Yeah. It was us three. Uh-huh. No, nah, and it was another person, I think. Um, no, nah, it was It was either another person, it was us three. I, I forget that part. But the energy was incredibly high, and I felt like the challenge was, like, who going to have the best set? Uh-huh. And that was, like, our competitive nature. It wasn't like we was competing to, like, wash each other up. Yeah. But it was like, yo, who going to rock this thing? The craziest, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, like, I enjoyed that. Like, the energy was so good in that space. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like. All positive. Everybody from the audience to like us in the show, the DJs, to him hosting it, like the energy was crazy. I really enjoyed that show. That's one of my favorite shows this year, and like the crowd was nuts. They was into it, but that's because the energy was there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, but um, other than that, I like to do. um, I think intimate spaces are harder. Are harder? Ten times harder. Why? It is so much easier to do like. That 30... People... See, it's only hard for people because they fear the amount of people. Yeah. And they if, if you have a fear for the big crowd, I guess that would be your struggle. But the intimate spaces are harder. It's less people, yeah. which makes it a higher percent that they're not going to rock with you at all. But see, I would think...
0: <laughs> I would think that would be the exact... Not opposite, but like... Most of the times, okay. So I go to a lot of concerts, right? Mm-hmm. And my favorite concerts are the intimate ones, like the Norva, mm-hmm. or like something where it's like two two hundred. But for
1: artists, that's the harder ones to do. That's the, I don't know. That's if, the best concert for me. Yeah, to Yeah, to they 100. end up being the best because it's, it's yeah. more personal, right? But um, performing and think about it. So performing in front of ten people. Well, ten is like that. That's teen. well. Let's say okay, average intimate crowd. Let's say thirty five. And it's like, yeah. it's a chance that all 35 of those people not rock with you. That's tough. That's a tough thing to That's do. That's tough. And you got to keep this set going. Right. You still got to do you. Right. And it's a chance that... Okay. But so, then imagine you in front of a couple hundred people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The odds are lower. Like, it's a chance that more of these people going to rock with you than not rock with you. Right. And if you got thousands the energy gonna be there because it has to be there. yeah it's it's a great chance it's more of them gonna rock with you than not rock with you but when you you get into that room of like 25 people and they just not feeling you i mean fortunate yeah i've been blessed to have great music and a talent for this you know what i'm saying but i can't imagine somebody that's like trying to do this and may not be good you get into that room of 25 people that do not rock with you that that has to be like Incredibly discouraging That's a long set Yeah that, a, long set. a long set That's a long set That's a long 25 minutes And it's challenging mentally Cause it's like Now do you leave that like Discouraged Right Like should I keep doing this Like yeah, that, yeah. That, Man they gotta do something To you mentally For So true. like them instrument rooms In my opinion are a lot harder Okay
0: I would say a quick break Alright uh, I'm gonna say a few names And I want you to tell me What they mean to you Person like you don't gotta go too deep But just like when I tell you the names Just, just tell me the first thing you think of <laughs> And what they mean to you Okay For real
1: Legend um, Inspiration Great person Pusha T Lyrical Great person Rap 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 rap, rap, rap. Yeah. Yeah. Rap. Like, I rock pushed for, um, Daytona was crazy. Daytona was crazy. I've Definitely. always, like, pushed music. You know, of course, we from the area. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, like, but Daytona was, like, in my opinion, one of the best projects. He went crazy. Every song.
0: Yeah. No wasted bars.
1: Yeah. No no skips. Like, yep. replay value was incredibly high. It was, it like, was what, a seven songs? Concise project. Yeah, like, yeah. and that's kind of what we do, too, um, well, we've we've been doing this for since like 2018 with the super concise projects. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't you're not gonna skip any song if it makes the project, you're gonna rock with it. But yeah, pushes a a solid thumbs up. Definitely, Amir Driver. My guy. <laughs> my, my God, like literally, like man, it's not many friends you have in this jank, man. You Know what I'm saying? Like, it's not many genuine people out here on this music stuff, man. And that's one of the most genuine people I've met musically outside of music here. Like, my guy, yeah, DJ Leek, <laughs> little bro, little brother, yeah. Like, I'm the youngest, um, where in my immediate family, like, I'm the youngest of four, mm-hmm. um, but. They became my little brothers. Like, DJ Lee is definitely, like, little brother.
0: Okay. Uncle Joe.
1: Uncle Joe, from the album, Louis. Yes. Um, everybody knows of Uncle Joe. You know what I'm saying? Uncle Joe is a vague concept um, of a person. But the message was the most important. It was such a dope message. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times, people chase... You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Everything in the world. But when you get it, you won't be happy. So then you start to value the little things. And you start to value the people that value the little things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Somebody just as simple as Uncle Joe. Just like, his agenda is just to take care of people. He like You know what I'm saying? He's that guy. like, And he's actually more inspirational than the person who has all of these things. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And like even how that story played out in that song is that... The one guy has these incredible amounts of millions of dollars. You know saying you would think he would be loved for what he probably have done for people, what he has. But you know what I'm saying? When he passed, it's not it's what it was a few people at his funeral. At his funeral. You, you know, know, and that's really just people to try to collect. Mm-hmm. They try and collect what's left behind. But then you look at Uncle Joe who's affected so many people and touched so many people's hearts and have done so much for people and helped people. And he has hundreds of people at his funeral. You know what I'm saying? Everybody that loved. He was loved. So it's what do you want to go out as? Do right. they, would you rather go out as this guy or would you rather be Uncle Joe? Yeah, yeah
0: that was that, that was dope skit.
1: That J- was real life. That was my oldest brother narrating that. It oh, really? was an actual real conversation. Okay. Yeah. J. Cole. Um, inspiration. Like, I've actually met him, like, three times. That's dope. Great person. Great person. Um, and never ceases to not inspire. And, like, when I get to um, where I'm going on my journey, and when maybe when I get to that level in my journey, um, I wish to be as leveled, mellow, and thoughtful as Cole. Because... Um, just from the time meeting him and being able to have conversations with him. That was a very thoughtful individual. Okay. Not was, is. Is. That is that is a very thoughtful individual.
0: Okay. I hope I don't mispronounce his name. Uh, Wynell Cuffey.
1: Wynell Cuffey. Wynell Cuffey is a guy that played the saxophone on Grammy Street. And I'm actually saddened because I haven't seen him in years. I seen that video. Yeah.
0: It was a part of what uh, Grammy Street video, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And he was
1: playing the sax. And, you know, usually you don't pay attention to people like that. I like to talk to the older heads. You know what I'm saying? They got real game to offer. Um, but, like, that was, like, really a normal, regular day on Granby Street. hmm Literally. And I recorded it because he'd be like, record this. Let me yeah. Give you some game. And he'd give you, you know, a few gems. But, like, yeah, I hope everything is all right with that guy. But um, he was a great spirit. Great guy. Okay. Lewis. And, nice, and nice with oh, that. He nice with that saxophone. <laughs> he nice with it.
0: Yeah, I can tell by all y'all faces. Yeah. He, he was killing it. <laughs> yeah, Lewis.
1: Me, my middle name is Lewis. So I guess if you're watching this, you know my whole government now. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Lewis is created. Um, this is as to have a self-titled album that's not about Marv P. Right. So now, because most people didn't know who Lewis was, mm-hmm. so now you could be Lewis, you could be Lewis, they could be Lewis. You know what I'm saying? Right. It made it to where like anybody could be Lewis, because that was perspective I wanted to write into it. Is like a lot of those songs, um, you got the songs like Bela and stuff like that, but like the prayer, is actually like, if I could say a prayer to myself, what would I pray? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's it was like that.
0: Okay. From the outside looking in it looks like you're really enjoying the process of the slow grind to success mm-hmm. and it seems like I right, correct me if I'm wrong that it's important for you to make an impact right here in the seven five seven before you start to uh move outward mm-hmm. and go other places it seems like it's important for you to get it rocking right here first and mm-hmm. you think uh do you think that um well, not do you think. Is it important for you to make an imprint in Virginia first before you you know, start to venture out? Because some, they want to just go to New York, L.A., Atlanta and get yeah. it popping there first. You know
1: what I'm saying? Yeah, but their goals is different. Their goal is to, like, make it. My goal is to affect as many people as I can, touch as many people as I can by doing what I love. And the challenge is... Yeah, I want to impact Virginia because nobody, I don't want not say nobody because I don't know everybody's agendas, but I don't feel that people really try to. I feel that people recognize it's hard and then they just go to where it's maybe not harder for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like, and then everybody has the fact was like, Virginia don't show nobody love. It's a tough crowd. It is, and I can agree to that. Virginia is a very tough crowd. But I've seen the love that I received grow, you know what I'm saying um right. here so um i really I really like that, and i um I have different goals for Virginia, you know what I'm saying to make an impact in a long term thing, so will I go somewhere else? yes, will I travel, yes, but will I always have Virginia in my heart? yes, okay,
0: all right, so uh right, going back to your childhood, teenage years—you mm-hmm. started off singing. Mm-hmm. That's how you began your musical uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Would there ever be a time where you make like full-on R&B records? Because um, <laughs> I seen you kind of dabbled, you know, dabbled with, with Dandelion, yeah. but you didn't really go all the way. The there. crazy
1: part, Dandelion is another one of them records that I almost never seen the light of day. That was Kyle's pick. Um, I I took that off every time it made the list. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. um, But maybe. I enjoy it. And then a lot of the singing stuff that you will hear, if it's on mine, I probably wrote it. So I enjoy writing that type of stuff. Um, It just has to sound right. And I'm more of a fan of music. So if I can not get it to sound right and I know the person that can get it to sound like I wanted to get it, I'm going to just reach out to them. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. like this is what you do and I know you would murder this. So let's try this. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times that's how it happens. Um but definitely the thought i it it would be nothing to make a singing song. It's just more like of what I want to. Okay. Or um, let me get in a mood one day and it just might happen. Right. So Okay.
0: Uh in the melodic era that we, you know, are in right now where, Mm -hmm. you know, melodies. Are pretty much what's dominant. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's still possible and is a high chance of a traditional bar rapper, even though I know you say you're your artist, but like somebody who's like heavy on the bars, heavy mm-hmm. on the lyrics, to still pop?
1: Yeah. What's dope gonna sell? <laughs> what's dope is gonna sell. Shit.
0: What Drake said at the uh, mm-hmm. at, at the end of uh, Pound Cake, he said only real music's gonna last. Yeah,
1: all this bullshit. <laughs> no, for real, what's yeah. dope? It's the same concept. as, like drugs. If it's good, people gonna want it. Mm-hmm. It's just um, getting it to the people who want it. You know what I'm saying? It's like real. Look at Benny the Butcher in them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, you
1: don't see them. I haven't heard a, a melody from them yet.
0: Right in that and question they rap, rap. I thought about you know Griselda, but I was like, they've been they've been at it for a long time. Yeah, it but took this, them a long time to get on. You
1: popped through and. I don't mind it taking a long time because that means I'm going to be there longer. Okay. Right. <laughs> I know the tricks of the trade. It's going to be harder to get me out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like You could easily just help me walk inside the door and I not know what to do when I get inside the door. Right. But if I done ran around the block and I did everything to get to that door, when I get inside, I'm going to know what to do. Okay. All uh, right.
0: Random question. Mm-hmm. All right. So what do you think what happened... If the
1: internet really died. A lot of people be lost. (laughs) A lot of people be lost because they look to social media for validation. And a lot of people are only who they... Like, social media made it so you could create whoever you want to be. Like, you could create this fake person. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Mm -hmm. people are not real. They're not real people because of social media. They post a picture and if social media says they're ugly, then they believe they're ugly. If they post a song and social media doesn't share it and nobody engages with it, they think it's a bad song. You know mm, what I'm saying? Yeah. And we live in this world, so if the internet really died, like what happened when Instagram stopped for what, a half a day? Yeah, like half a day. People were losing their minds because they're not living in a physical form, they're living on the internet. That their, their entire existence, who they are, what makes them feel confident is on the internet. So when you take that away and now you have to be you in the real world. Are you you? No, because uh-huh. they're these made up people that they've created. You know what I'm saying? So um, like, let the internet stop. I hustle in person. You know You're what I'm right. saying? You see me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I have shows. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. It's, it's the same concept. People have hundreds of some thousands, thousands of followers and can't throw a show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You throw a show and nobody comes. You know what I'm saying? So like. Yeah, I hustle on the internet and social media, and I appreciate that for what it is. But um, I appreciate real life for what it is too, and real connections with real people.
0: Yeah, yeah. They say uh, they say the most uh, valuable things you can have is our, is our relationships. I understand? Yeah. I
1: know. Yeah, for sure. Because that's gonna last. Yep. If I unfollow you, who cares? Right. But if you've met me. And like, yo, this is a good dude. Solid. I had a good time. We hung out. We did this, did that third. Mm -hmm. You can't unfollow that. can't unfollow that. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about
0: the outro prayers Mm -hmm. off your uh, second album. Uh, How deep uh, are you into religion? If you care to speak about it.
1: I don't know if I would say deep, but, um, I'm a believer of God. Um, and I have a lot of my own thoughts on it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, I would say I have a very, I have a personal relationship with God. I don't have a public, I mean, I, I would say I have a public relationship because I'm, I'm not afraid to like include my thoughts or perspective on religion and my beliefs mm-hmm. in the public light. But um, I, I, the part that I value the most is my personal relationship. Okay. Uh, I noticed you
0: mentioned your granny a lot in your records. Yeah, that's my dog describe your relationship
1: um i was just with her for um christmas too a honest person great person like i love my grandma um one of the most honest people i've ever met um yeah give it to you straight whether it hurts your feelings or you like it hmm. she's telling you like it is and you need people like that you know what i'm saying you absolutely need people like that you need people to hurt your feelings if it's honest you know what i'm saying she's not worried about what I feel when she says something, she says it because like she genuinely thinks that, feels that, and believes I need to hear that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And she's very accepting of like who I am as a person, what I want to do. It's like it's so easy for people to kill people's dreams. You know what I'm saying? But my grandma, and my mom, they never like killed my dreams or told me like that's impossible. You know what I'm saying? They supported it, and that's like key. That's key to like the beginner level of confidence you have as an artist. Right. It's like having people that are accepting of what you're even willing to do. But that just comes from an open mind because they come from generations where it was you're not just following your dreams. Right. You know, you're following the this little stencil of how to be successful. You go to school, you get a job, or you go to college, you get out of college, you get a job, you work this 9 to 5, you retire, then you do what you want to and then you die. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for them to come from those eras where that's like what they're used to and still be accepting of what you're trying to do and open to it and not kill your dream but encourage you right. is important and I value that, um, what she's done for that on that level for me. That's dope.
0: All right, so we're going to touch on one more topic before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Langston Blues.
1: Yep, Langston Blues.
0: Uh, I just recently saw you, you know, with the rest of the cast in the, uh, the, the four-hour play that was uh, at Granby Street. No, not Granby Street, at Granby Theater. Yeah, at Granby Theater. On Granby Street. On Granby Street. <laughs> uh, so give me uh, a quick little <laughs> synopsis of, of the play without giving the whole thing away. Of like the overview? Yeah, just a little quick little overview. Um, or what people can expect, because I know y'all are taking this thing on the road. The
1: second show is February 7th at Virginia State University. Yep. Um, directed by the amazing director, Dayana Lee, um, Ziya Productions. Yep. Youngest um, person
0: to sell out uh, Granby Theater. Yeah.
1: Youngest black woman. Um, youngest black creative. Youngest black woman. And I think youngest... Youngest person, person period. Period. Yep. To sell out Granby Theater and occupy that space. Um... Yeah, but I would say the overview is um, it's a story of, um, if you come from like, we come from these rough environments, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And things are not often in our favor. I look at it, I, I, I explain it like chances and choices, you know what I'm saying? Um, life is a game of chances and choices, and our choices determine our chances, and our chances... Kind of determines what choice we have, right? And where we're from, you don't get a lot of options. So it's people that's from these environments that have dreams and aspirations to do different things other than what they're made to do where they're from. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And it's a it's a tale of that journey and everything in between, from love to heartbreak to you know what I'm saying, streets to. Just real people, you know what I'm saying? It's a story of real people. Um uh-huh. yeah, if you haven't seen it, I suggest that you pull up to Virginia State University on February seventh to
0: see it. It's amazing. Show. Dope show. All right. Tell us a little bit about your role as uh, Big Mitch.
1: Um, I'm a unk. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> I'm a an unk and in my opinion I'm a good unk, you know what I'm saying? It's bad ones out here in real life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um and I wish to help these younger um, brothers get out, you know what I'm saying? And I have hopes and dreams for them. Um, Everybody lives their life based off how their cars are presented. Like I did this because this is what was presented to me, but I don't always wish to do that. You know what I'm saying? I want to take it here and I want to help other people get there. So that's kind of my role. Okay. It's like, I'm that that person in this whole big picture of people, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, how'd you um, how did you get that role? Like, how how did uh you know you and director, or whoever called you to you know set that up?
1: Like, how did y'all make that happen? Um, I <laughs> Uh I actually had another role. Um, in the beginning, I actually was um Chris, in the play. Which one is Chris? Um, he's one of the guys. Just oh, just one of the
0: guys. Yeah, Got he, you. he
1: has a role. He's like um Chris yeah. is um, like Reese is like. Best friend. Got gotcha. you. It's like they tight. tight. Um, but yeah, that's why I started that when we started, when I first got into it, into that role. Mm-hmm. And it um, was on script. That's why I started. And I wanted Mitch. Like, I wanted that character because yeah. I was like, I could really, especially when I read some of the monologue parts, like, I was like, oh man, like the part when I was talking to Mouse. Right. I really wanted that part because I was like, I can snap right there. That'd be mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying, my Oscar moment. Right. You know? So, um, I really wanted it and I just kept really pushing to get it. And then um she let me try it one day like, yeah, all right, try it. And it was me and a few others. We kept rotating who was Mitch. And I was just like, nah, when it's my turn, I'm going to just wild out like. Yeah. I'm gonna nail it. And I just felt like um I had the passion for it and I had um I was able to like you know, pull out what she was trying to show.
0: Okay. Um, was that your first time on a, on a stage
1: like that? Like In a acting? play? In a play. Yeah, yeah. My first time acting. Well, my videos, though. Right, your videos is kind of so you... It's kind of the same thing, but it's yeah. not in play format.
0: Because play is, that's live.
1: because yeah. like for even, yeah. um, uh, for Bless My Soul, yeah. I had to act in Bless My Soul. You did. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, I've never took acting classes or anything. So, but acting in person is a lot harder.
0: I, I about to say, how comfortable were you, like, once the play started and you realized, like like this is like this is real like real live action right here pretty comfortable i don't get stage
1: fright okay too often um you know what i'm saying i center and pray before i say a little short pr- intentional type prayer mm-hmm. before i even go on, um any stage for real but yeah i don't really get stage fright and i be like so excited to like see it through yeah you know what i'm saying like i'm like yo i know what y'all finna get cuz i've been excited for this for months mm-hmm. so now it's like just delivering it the way it's supposed to have been delivered. Like yeah. that's exciting to me. So yeah, I was man, I love it. Like yeah. I love that connection with people and connecting with people in that way. Right. What kind
0: of uh what kind of ceiling do you think this uh this play has? As far as like how far it can go? No ceiling. No ceiling.
1: Anything, nothing has a ceiling. You give you give things a ceiling. You know what I'm saying? It can be whatever you dream it to be. Okay. Like whatever she dreams this to be and how far she dreams this to go mm-hmm. is how far it will go. Okay. She just rented the Grammy Theater out.
0: Crazy. Seeing it wrapped around like that, everybody dressed line, up and, Yeah, line from Grammy to
1: Baxters. And everybody like, come in and act accordingly. It was dope. Come on now. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so I could imagine easily in the beginning, you're like, have self doubt, like, can I do that? Mm-hmm and then execute and do it. You have no ceiling now. It's just do whatever you want. And if you did have a ceiling in your own mind, Throw it away. that clears it because it's (laughs) like, I didn't think I could do this and I did this. Right. So now, everything that I think that I can't do, Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, it's like more possible now. Right. So there is no ceiling. Last question. Talk to me about Puffin Mike. Puffin Mike. The legendary puff and mic,
0: man. Cause I, I'm tight that I can't get to it because I leave, you know, Monday, so I yeah. can't I can't get to it on the 22nd. But talk to me about it,
1: though. Legendary puff and mic, man. Over at Growth, um, great friends and partners over at Growth, man. We created something special. It's an open mic that doesn't give you an open mic feel. It gives you a show feel. Um, it's fun, man. The people that come are talented. Um, of course it's puff and mic, so it's, you know, weed friendly. Yeah. But B-Y-O-W, we're not providing it. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, man, it's just fun. It's like, that's one of the platforms that I've um, created. And it's like, the goal is to create these platforms where artists and spaces where artists can come and be and thrive and network and build and grow and succeed mm-hmm. within it. It's like creating a community within a community. You know what I'm saying? A lot of in a, um and we did that, me and the team, I don't take any sole credit for any of this. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of things I might have been the visionary for, but without the people around me and like the Calvins, the testimonies, you know, yeah. DJ Leaks, um, Leaks, a lot of these things, um, they help bring these things to life. Everybody right. plays a role, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, but it's to create these spaces so that artists have somewhere to Build and grow mm-hmm. because that wasn't a thing you know what I'm saying everybody talks about how Virginia's so like separated, and nobody's together, and nobody like even wants to unify. you know what I'm saying, yeah. but nobody attempts to unify right so this is my attempt to unify if you're an artist, a creative uh, you know whatever you do, just come be in these spaces that's what puffin Mike I also have north I heard um, about that too yeah north yep. music social and networking um is to like do what people try to do on these things mm-hmm. in person. Okay. So if you're a videographer, you're a photographer, you're an artist, you're a painter, whatever, mm-hmm. come be in these same spaces. It's money to be made in these spaces. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like opportunity. I might be looking for a videographer. You might be looking for a videographer or somebody to join the team to help execute your vision and or I might need to know somebody who throws shows. It's all everybody's there does something. So right. come out. And be amongst everybody. And it's just whatever dream or vision you're working on. Whatever you're working on. Mm-hmm. It's somebody in that room that'll help. Right. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. that are super dope at what they do. So, yeah. But Puffin' Mike, January 7th, Season 2. Bi-weekly. Every, fri- every other Friday. is going down. Hosted by me.
0: My, my P, man. I appreciate the time. No sweat, man. Thank I, you. I appreciate you stopping by. Is there
1: anything you want to plug? Um, My friends... So, <laughs> <laughs> all of my friends That is super country too My yeah, friends, my friends. Um, Yeah man Shout out to um, Calvin Mirage So um, I'm fortunate to have One of the greatest producers Ever You know what I'm saying To work with So Let's get the camera on Real quick He was over the Look at the, Yeah court in action
0: Boom
1: Hey y'all Oh we <laughs> So yeah, like, um, Calvin Mirage, testimony. You know what I'm saying? If you do not know who any of my friends are, I suggest you find out who they are. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to DJ League. Shout out to Big League. Shout out to Zaya Productions, Deanna Lee. Shout out to um, Ryan, aka Nova Rain. You know what I'm saying? Another incredible artist that's um from this area. Shout out to who else? Shout out to Amir Driver made an offer. That's my guy still. Uh, That's my guy. Uh, Shout out to Lee Cole. You know what I'm saying? Uh, All of my friends, man. All right, man. Appreciate the time stopping by. No sweat. Until next
0: time. All right, that's it.